Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit SpedHomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today, we are going to talk about how to enhance educational benefits using equine-assisted therapy. And my special guest this week is Dr. Rebecca Spencer, and she is back again on the show. Welcome, Rebecca. It's so nice Hi. to have you back. <laughs> Yes, it's always great to be with you, Peggy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Rebecca and I were just talking ahead of time. I mean, this month, we well, actually, last month, we're, we're kind of extending it a little bit into February. We've been talking about alternative um, therapy um, options for families. Uh, and and she saw one of the memes we had put up on our, our feed a while back, and it was about hippotherapy, which we'll, we'll kind of explain how those are related to what we're talking about today. It's not about hippos. Um, and, um, and just that 
she had seen so much um, success and was so excited about this type of therapy. And so, Rebecca, I am super excited for you to share with us because um, when I first started Sped Homeschool, I had no idea what this was either. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of our parents are, are in that boat, you know, thinking, okay, we do, we do speech, we be, do OT, we do PT, you know, and all these, these typical therapies. But um, I am just um, over the moon excited about sharing all these other options that parents have. And, and for you, who does this, um, that how exciting that is to be able to share it with us. <laughs> So, so yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's, it's super exciting to see the successes that these kids go through, through the process. It's, it's incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to to hear and um, to know more. And I'm sure our viewers that are popping on are, are um, wondering the same thing. So if you, if you're popping on to the feed, whether you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube, just know you can put questions in. We'll, we'll build those into our conversation. We want you to be part of that. Um, so, so definitely get involved and jump in. And um, I'm just going to have Rebecca, if you haven't heard from her before, definitely go back to our past YouTube video videos, um, podcasts that have featured her because she is a wealth of information, not just on hippotherapy, on a lot of really good things. And a lot, your videos get really good views. Um, and so do your podcasts. So, um, so just know that she just has a depth of information and so much wisdom to share. And, and so, um, so if you like what you hear here, definitely go back and listen to more um, and then check her website out um, too. And, and I'm just going to quick throw up your, your mm -hmm. website here. It's um, churchchildrenministries.org. Yes. And we'll, um, we'll mm -hmm. kind of talk about that at the beginning and at the end as you kind of get to know you. But um, I would just love for you to to start out in um, just letting our viewers know who you are and um, just a little bit about your, your background and, um, and to, I guess, since you're a homeschool mom, a little bit about that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, Peggy, as always, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Um, so this is actually my 22nd year in education and education world. Wow. So um, I started out as a public school teacher before I had children, and I loved every second of it, loved my teaching career. But then Very after cool. I became a mom, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, something I should note is prior to becoming a mom, I also had the privilege of teaching at the local state university. And in the local Very state cool. university, I taught in the reading department. Um, I was actually president of the International Reading Association and also um, was the grad assistant for the head of the reading department. And then I also taught reading um, pre-service teachers in their senior year how to teach reading, the best methods and strategies for teaching reading. Very so it was cool. all a God intertwined thing of how this all has happened. Yeah. Uh, so whenever I had my first son, I, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I stayed home. Um, and then we started doing homeschool and started a little Christian school uh, where we went to campus a few days a week and homeschooled the other days of the week. So it was a nice little hybrid model. Right. Uh, our oldest son was just kind of a natural reader. It just happened. You know, sometimes that happens, but it's really right. a small percent of the It's a blessing, definitely. <laughs> uh, and then we had our, our um, middle son. 
And whenever I was, this is whenever my journey began. Um, So the reason I put out there that I taught um, pre-service teachers how to teach reading is you would have thought that someone that had that background, even wrote my dissertation in reading and student achievement, wouldn't have had those struggles. But let me tell you, I... (laughs) had those struggles and those struggles were tears every day. Those struggles were feeling like a failure. Those struggles were uh, feeling like I wasn't equipped, uh, feeling like someone else could do a better job. Not really knowing what kind of resources were out there that I could turn to because everything I was doing was wrong. So um, little did I know that um, I learned that uh, that's going to be kind of coming into our conversation is um, his primitive reflexes were not integrated and that can actually stifle some higher level learning. Right. Uh, yeah. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago with um, um, another guest and, mm-hmm. and she went into depth in that. And mm-hmm. yes, that's yes, it's so it does. crucial. So, so it is, it, it wasn't the, the game changer, but it was definitely something we had to remedy. Um, something we, something I had to learn about, something I had to help him with. Um, and it's not really anybody's fault. Right. Sometimes these things just happen. So through that process is where this started, um, my learning, um, started happening, um, in addition to, so I started taking classes in dyslexia and, uh, uh, autism and, um, ADHD and ADD and all kinds of different spectrum disorders. So now I actually do yeah. full diagnostics and all of that. I give a full scale IQ assessment. So I actually can, uh, I do diagnostics in all of those things. So that's part of my services. Right. It. Um, so that being said, then we had our third son and he was born hearing impaired. So I used these strategies and methods and techniques with him as well. So what started yeah. out as uh, something that you thought you had the world conquered brought you to uh, reality. <laughs> exactly. Of, mm-hmm. What encouragement though that is for so many parents who say, oh, you know, I just don't have that teaching degree mm-hmm. and that must be why my child is struggling. Um, and, and really our kids give us so many questions and not many answers. <laughs> yes. And we are just called to learn alongside them to, to yes. help them. Yes. And, and God provides those answers, you know, as we keep seeking and praying and, and asking and being open to whatever we we need to change our ideals or our knowledge um, mm-hmm. and through that process. But it's equipped you then in mm-hmm. on the flip side to help other parents and what a blessing yes. that is. Yes. And um, yes. yes. So so that is so cool. Yes. And so I grew up actually on a cattle ranch. So I didn't know this was going to oh. come to fruition either. So I grew up on a cattle <laughs> ranch. We always had horses. Um, my my dad, he was a rancher. Um, he was, you know, on the farm forever since he was a kid. And I I'm just kind of knew his way. Like he had what you would call just horse sense, if that makes huh. sense. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, and so um, I just grew up around it. So I didn't know that by growing up around this, my entire life was going to help me later either. So that's another God thing. Yeah. Um, and so my dad, I remember him always saying, um, there's something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of a man. And so little really? did I know it was actually huh. going to come around full circle for me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Machine. 
language therapy. And so that's, that's what I do. Uh, that's what I spend most of my time doing right now these days is doing diagnostic testing and delivering um, intervention um, for kids that struggle with language and reading disorders. So wow. I deliver therapy for them, both in person, online, and then also, of course, what we're talking about is hypotherapy today. Yes, yeah. There, and it's it's so nice that the parents have these different options, you know, for, for different mm-hmm. children. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, We've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, The Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. Specifically, what is equine-assisted therapy or hippotherapy? And and also, how did that name get in there, that hippo? (laughs) I know, right? So, you know, one thing that I like to talk about is just to imagine for a second that kids that have a learning struggle, let's just think about this. They should be able to read or do whatever you're asking them to do just as fast as those without the struggle. No, yeah. that doesn't make sense, that does it? Yeah. So the mm-hmm. analogy I like to use is whenever you have two cars that need to get to that same destination, one gets to take the freeway and then the other one has to take that curvy, windy road. And so that's what I'm talking about. These kids that have to take that curvy, windy road is like, who's going to get there first? Well, the ones that get to take the freeway, like just like my oldest son, they're going to get there first. But do they have the same destination? Um, Do they have the same needs? Well, they don't have the same needs. Some kids are going to have greater needs or just they look differently. And we've been trained in ways that we... um, just as a cultural of this is what you do. This is what you do. But really the answer doesn't lie within a box. And so we have to actually help those kids that we know statistically um, that um, these kids do need those, that extra assistance. So I'm going to move here to um, portion of my of my session went to tell you about hippotherapy. It actually comes from the Greek word. So, so the Greek word, actually means horse. Um, and when, okay. before actually meeting behind, I was thinking, oh, it's a giant animal. It's a giant animal. And honestly, Peggy, there is something yeah. about giant animal. And of course, it has to be the right giant. So it can't just be right. any horse. <laughs> um, he's actually, I'll show you pictures of him, but he is a gentle giant. Um, 
And I'll get into what that looks like here in a minute, but it actually comes from the Greek word hippos, meaning horse, um, a medical treatment that utilizes um, the purposeful manipulation of equine movement as treatment strategy to address functional goals. So there is a difference between equine and hippo. So equine is going to entail more, even stroke patients will use hippo uh, equine therapy um, mm-hmm. or they may be just like brush the horse. Maybe they can't do anything yeah, else. Okay. Just, there's something about equine in that way. Hippo is actually where we are using it, um, manipulating that equine movement as a treatment strategy for like different functional. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, different people can u- use hippotherapy. Um, Occupational therapists can use hippotherapy, physical therapists, um, myself, like a speech and language um, therapist can use that. Um, different professionals that are in this world can practice that clinical strategy um, with that purposeful manipulation of the equine movement um, to engage those sensories. And so I talk a lot oh, about yes. Mm-hmm. cognitive systems to achieve the functional outcomes. So um, it's actually just part of, of what, what I do along with my language-based learning. And so right. it's, it's all about movement, if you will. So um, the horse, the horse's pelvis shares the same three-dimensional planes as a human pelvis. And this movement is multidimensional and it provides the system-wide impact. So whenever receiving movement transmitted by the horse's pelvis, um, the kids can actually develop physical skills. Like it helps them with their balance. It helps them with their proprioception. It helps them with their brain, right and left. Keeping that or organizing those thoughts, staying focused. Um, and then the, the, the dynamic movement of that horse combined with uh, what, whatever charge I might have them do. Like maybe I'm trying to get them to cross over right and left. So I'll put a ball in their hand and I'll have a, a goal yeah. to cross. I'll have the ball in their right hand while they're on the horse. And maybe mm-hmm. their goal is to take the ball and cross over the body to get it into my basket while I have a helper on the other side of me. So they're, they're, they're okay. sitting on the horse, taking the ball and they are throwing the ball and they are moving that arm forcefully across aiming. So we're looking at eye tracking. We're looking at crossing over the midline. We're looking at balance. So there's a lot of sensory things that are happening. And it's all happening at the same time too. So yes, it's all happening at the same time. So in posture, you know, keep that you have to, um, you have to have good posture while you're riding that horse. And it's working on that core strength too. The core strength. That's right. The core strength. And that's very, very important for our kids. Um, so, so it's really an evaluation of what, after I evaluate the student, I have to decide, um, I have a series of assessments that I do, but after I conduct the series of assessments and I get some intake and, and have a conversation with the family and get to understand and get to know them, then I can make the decision based on that, what do we need? What kind of a program do we need? Do we need to focus on integrating the primitive reflexes? Do we need to focus on just crossing over? Do we need to focus on balance? Um, and so okay. 
uh, we, we have a, a scope and sequence, if you will, of where the start points Got are. It. So what does this child need? What this child needs isn't necessarily what this child needs. Now, granted, we all start mm-hmm. basic. Mm -hmm. Right. So every student that I work with that comes out to the ranch, we always start with just kind of getting to know the horse. Oh, yeah. There's something about just getting to know the horse that instantly just kind of lets down barriers. It kind of um, lets that child start to communicate with you in ways that maybe he or she would not otherwise do so. Right. That hand on the horse for the first time. Um, there's something inside of them. You know how I said there's something, my dad would say there's something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of the man. Right. I tell them to breathe in and we work on breathing. We work on counting. We oh, work yeah. on breathing. Um, Cause that, that helps with the vagus nerve too, doesn't it? And it just calms that whole system down. So yes, it's so, um, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's quite amazing the way that God made those interactions. Um, and there's something about that when they breathe in, the horse has a very distinct scent. There's something about it that they can take in and like, and they can breathe that in. So I'll show you some pictures a little bit later, but Really, there's just something remarkable about that tool of hippotherapy. So um, kids in other settings might just have like limited access to um, things that they need for physical or occupational therapies, like in a traditional school setting, for example. Right. Uh, Yeah. So I was going to ask you, you know, based on all of all of those things, the effectiveness that looks, it just seems like you're taking, you know, those bits and pieces of all those different therapies and what they're, they're good at. You're kind of mixing them all together and then adding in so many other things. So does, is that what leads to the effectiveness of this type of therapy? Right. And really my main word, my word for today, if I had to summarize it in one word would be confidence. Yeah, and when I show you those pictures, I'm you're going to see what I mean by that. Um, but it does; it just combines so many things together that this student. I have kids that come in; they have never been around any kind of a farm animal, and right. then by the end of the program, they are doing things on that horse that they never thought they could do. Um, That's amazing! I just give them that confidence boost that they can do it. And um, there is something about that emulation of that movement um, with the horse and the way that he carries himself. Um, so, you know, I this can be used for physical therapy. It can be used for occupational therapy. There's lots of different therapies it can be used okay. for. I focus specifically on primitive reflexes and, of course, communication, effective communication. We want our students to be able to communicate effectively. And really, at the end right. of the day, that's what most families want for their child is to be able to communicate effectively. Oh, right, because you can't really teach an, or a child unless the communication barrier has been broken because right. you can't. You can't teach them anything. You can't receive anything to to test whether they know something or not. And so that that makes so much sense that that would be a very key component. But of course, you know, those primitive reflexes too, um, it goes back to that. Those two Mm -hmm. things are so crucial. Right, right. So you said it exactly right. You said exactly what I was going to say is to working on um, the receptive language and the expressive 
of language because a lot of times they're not able to do that. But when they are on the horse, we actually have different simulations. I have different stories. Um, maybe it's just a matter of awesome. letter recognition. So I have all kinds of just based on what that student needs. Maybe we just need to work on our phonemes and our graphemes. Maybe we have to work on our speech, our sounds. So we'll do that while on the horse. And of course, I have okay. big cards that I use so that yeah. they. <laughs> move through the series um, for their session. Okay. Um, so you're yeah. actually moving around like an entire arena or a space. Exactly. So we're moving around and my helpers have like, um, I have set out like maybe the student needs to work on digraph CH. So I'll have my helpers. They will have the cards up that I need. And as we walk around, the child will say, oh, digraph CH, chair. Okay. Where else do you hear the digraph CH sound? Do you hear it in the okay. final position? Like in Mac? Oh yeah, that's trigraph TCH. So we just move okay. around. It just depends on what the child needs. And of course, progress monitoring and benchmark assessments, you know, I'm right. constantly monitoring. So I know exactly where my kids are. I know exactly what they need. Um, exactly. I know if they have yeah. mastered a skill. I know if they have a mastered a skill. I right. know if they need to spend more time just on their proprioception. I know if they need to spend some time on vestibular. I know if they need to spend time just on some of those different basics. Um, well, and that makes, makes so, sense why this is a therapy and it isn't just a horseback yeah. riding lesson. You know, exactly. you're, you're monitoring and checking off and as a, a therapist, really mm-hmm. knowing what, what, what underneath the student needs to be able to build on to the next thing. And exactly. so that makes a lot of sense. Right. Cool. And you said you know, how is hippotherapy different from horseback riding? Well, hippotherapy is whenever the kids absorb and benefit from the actual movement of the horse so that we can improve the function as being the goal. Um, So really like I'm in control of the horse or, you know, my assistants in control of the horse Um, and under, under my direction as a therapist, like I'm telling them what to do versus horseback riding. Your goal is to actually have that rider controlling the horse to the best of their ability. So it's like a horsemanship kind of a discipline that might have like social or recreational kinds of benefits. So this is more me or my assistants. We are controlling the horse. We're Mm -hmm. getting that input for the student to receive that benefit. Um, And so why the horse? So the horse has so much to offer. Um, And I'm sure it probably takes a specific horse too. I mean, it does. Yep. Did, I mean, how long did it take you to find a horse that you would be comfortable with? Because I know I know friends who own horses and they've been through a lot, you know, just finding one to ride, but one that is actually good for therapy. Yes, absolutely. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of research. Um, there, I can tell you, like whenever we first tried to find a horse, whenever you get out there and start searching, um, there are some keywords you can try to figure out at different ranges and they raise them for equines. You can find some equine farms um, where they have worked with their horses um, to prepare them for a ranch with children or things like that. So there are ways that you can do that. Um, My horse um, actually... Uh, I got him from a gentleman. Um, he was just, you know, there are some that are just better natured than others, if you will. Right. Um, but this one, uh, he is the best I've seen. Um, I will, I walk under him and un- around him wow. so that my kids see how safe that he is. 
Um, I always say they're an animal. Anything can happen at any given time, right? Right. Um, but uh, this one particular was one that um, you could just, uh, the gentleman we purchased him from, um, you could really just holler his name and he would come to you. He's much like I describe him or to like my students. He's like a dog. <laughs> Yeah, like a dog. He's just a giant dog. Uh-huh. Um, so really, you know, you can tell they, they have a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, horses have a personality. Um, and so you can tell when they, um, of course, there are some different assessments you have to check off. Right. Um, but one thing um, that's interesting is the the movement of the horse and what it, what it brings to the table for therapy. Yeah. Um, so uh, the horse takes an average of a hundred steps a minute or 3000 steps during 30 minutes of any type of equine movement. So that practice, which is a natural is kind of key to like relearning tasks. So you'll see a lot of stroke patients. This is what, what they will be doing, but the horse offers that sensory input for the proprioception um, and the vestibular, the tactile, the visual um, as the child moves through space or moves through whatever arena or whatever obstacle we'll have them going for the day. Okay. Um, so it's, it's definitely simultaneous, um, with the input and helps regulate, um, maybe a system that doesn't have, um, processing, um, orders, you know, in place, like whether that's auditory processing, whether that is, um, vestibular or sensory processing. Um, and something to note is a lot of kids, um, and this is something that I've seen come through quite a bit, kids that struggle with auditory processing, um, the proprioception is directly related to that. And um, I was just going to share with you um, a statistic here that I wanted to pull up. Um, but the proprioception with our um, hearing and auditory processing is... Um, not to get off on auditory processing, but I want your your listeners to hear that if they have a student, a child that is struggling with that, it could be a proprioception issue. And so hypotherapy, they want to consider. Um, It's more than just hearing and they probably know that. Right. Um, But um, it is, gravity is really important with auditory processing. Um, no idea. It is. It's actually for baseline uh, level of brain activity arrives. So those postural muscles are the big muscles that need to be worked along with that auditory stimulation so that the brain can function as a whole unit. And so um, between six and 12 months of age, the baby begins to crawl. And it's really important that the baby does crawl, which my son didn't. Okay. Yeah. So that's whenever they like pick up objects and like move them to themselves. Right. Okay. from themselves. Right. So that's really important um, for that element. So I just want to encourage your listeners that if they do suspect something auditory processing, um, you could uh, look at a ranch that might have some hypotherapy available for your child that could help with the uh, proprioception, which will help with the auditory. For me, um, I'll have the kids, if I have a learner, that's struggling with auditory, I will have them do the primitive reflex integration on the horse. Um, and they love the horse anyway. They get to where they have right. a relationship yeah. with the horse. Uh-huh. 
So they want to do that. It's much much more fun for the child to <laughs> right. be on the horse and do those exercises um, instead of just like on the floor. Um, yeah. So they think it's it's just cooler, if you will. Like I'm on this right. joint animal and I'm doing <laughs> these exercises. And so, um, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. Um, so um, let's see. Uh, so I do want to tell you that... Um, the scope of practice of hippotherapy. Um, So the American Occupational Association of Physical Therapy and the speech and hearing also have stated that hippotherapy equine movement is within the scope of practice for occupational therapy, speech and language therapy, which is what I do. So it's it's been a lot of fun to be able to break into that because I've loved horses all my life. And to be able to take my love of language and teaching kids to combine all this together has been a a really amazing work of God. Yeah. It's so nice that we're kind of losing those compartmentalized um, classifications of this is, you know, this is school, this is learning, this is therapy. Mm -hmm. And well, that's Mm -hmm. just fun, you know, but, but really integrating all of that and, and finding that that God did have a purpose (laughs) in all of these things. Yes. He knew exactly what he was doing, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He knew exactly what he was doing when he made that horse. And just like our learners, he knew exactly what it was doing when he made our learners struggle. It is no accident why they learn the way they learn. We just have to figure out how they learn and then help them in their struggle. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So it has been, it's been, it's been really, really neat to see the full scope of that and to see that come around. In my yeah. world, as right. a language, and, and so. linking so many things from your background that you probably thought, oh, "This is never all going to work together." <laughs> yes, definitely. So, and you also think, "Oh, well, I, you know, even though I I do horses, I've been around horses my whole life, never would I have thought of being able to use it as a therapy because I've always thought, oh, well, that will be occupational therapy or that will be physical therapy.' But how cool that yes. the American American Occupational Association, you know, and the Physical Therapy Association recognize it for also speech and language. Yes, so, yes, and that's where um, your heart is too. And I know yeah. after talking to you so many times, um, you know, it's it was a huge struggle of your child's, and that, that yeah. always bonds our heart more to to that. Um, yes. As as yeah. homeschool moms, you know, we we pour so much into our our kids, and where our kids mm-hmm. hurt is where we hurt. That's and right. and so you have that great compassion for those parents and those kids in that spot. And what a blessing right. to be able to do yeah. this and to be able to help those parents. I know you just said before we started the conversation that some parents had given you some feedback on the results. You want to share a little bit about that and just oh. how that has blessed you? Yes. So um, I just heard back actually this last week from, I had um, three parents and three students um, actually sent me an email um, saying, thank you so much for helping my child. And then the students were like, thank you so much for helping me. Um, And they're ready to come back to the range. They have to, of course, put it in their schedule because we're out, we're in Missouri and I have students that are in different states. So they have to make it fit their schedule where they can come see me. Um, Now our locals, um, you can't do teletherapy like that. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do teletherapy. like that. So they have to fit their schedules. Um, But then I have regulars that come from as far as two hours away, they'll drive 
you know, um, uh, to come for a session, you know, a few times a month. So, so it's been a lot of fun, but they'll say, um, I've been working with um, Dr. Rebecca for six months now, and I can see just the change in my child and the confidence that he has gained. And from going to not being able to express him or herself um, with communication to now being able to not only express themselves um, with writing a short story, but also being able to tell a story at the campfire with our family or um, to, to do it like a team story where the other children in the family will start a story and then they'll be able to chime in and add to it. Um, so it's been a lot of fun just to hear those Very feelings. Cool. They are bonding through something that I was able just to help a tiny bit with. Um, and then also for balance. So um, one of them was receiving occupational therapy that since he's been coming out to the ranch to receive hippotherapy, he has been able to um, graduate from his occupational so cool. Yes. So um, those little stories are very meaningful to my heart. Um, yeah. And just uh, hearing the families that are happy with results and that are happy um, that their kid is happy. So right. there's nothing more discouraging than your child being gloomy and sad and feeling like they can't do anything um, like their siblings yeah. or like their peers, or even I have one um, that was feeling insecure, even at youth group, um, even wow. in your church. I know. Um, yeah, so I've to be able to too. help them right. to actually be able to communicate in youth group yeah. or with their peers at church. It's just amazing. And it's just a blessing to be able to help them do that. Yes. Yeah. And what encouragement, you know, for the, the work you're doing, just, I'm sure it just motivates you to do more because there's, there's so many kids out there that are, are hurting like that, but yet you're changing lives one child at a time. That's, that's so yes. awesome. Yes. And I think I'm even, um, hopefully, uh, this summer, um, I, there, we have a camp that's nearby, um, and so I'm hoping that I'll be able to host a dyslexia for a week camp where we'll be able to do oh, okay. um, we'll be able to do uh, lessons for the kids that have dyslexia, get them started off to a really great start for their school year, and then incorporate the hippotherapy along with it during their day, days of camp, along with all the other activities we'll be doing. Yeah. So that's something I'm kind of looking forward to for this summer. That is cool. So question for you. When did it come to your mind that this would be a good thing to do? (laughs) Wow, that's a great question, Penny. So let me think about this for a second. It's been been a few years ago. Um, I would say two years ago. Okay. Um, whenever we were just out in the field one day amidst the horses, we have several horses okay. um, amidst the horses. And um, my middle son that I was telling you about yeah. really, he, he's an animal lover. So he loves horses anyway. So um, he just wanted to, to ride. And so there's one in particular, the one that I use for hippotherapy, that's an amazing horse, but I, I felt like he can absolutely get on this horse he will be fine. Um, right. Nothing will happen. Dangerously, I should say. Right. <laughs> um, so he got on and um, had a great time with the horse. And I could tell that when he was on his back, that 
he would, there was something different about him. There was something different about my son. Like I could tell he was, um, he was, he had, there was peace. I could tell he had rhythm. There was something going on with the way his body moved. Um, because this is the child that really struggled. Uh, there was something different. So I, I, you know how, I think that was just a God thing. You know, I didn't really consider that, but I, I did process that. I know that this horse is good for this child. I know that there's right. something about being out here in nature. I know there's something about being on top of this giant animal. I know that yeah. this is good for him. And so um, that must have been whenever it, that must have been whenever the idea sparked. Right. Um, because then I started doing some more research and I actually started, um, it would, that would have been in the fall. And then that following spring actually is whenever okay. I started, whenever I started actually implementing it. So okay. um, it had to just happen rather quickly. Um, yeah. So uh, there, it's just, it's just incredible. Um, what, right. what is put in front of you that you don't even think that, Oh, that's, that's what I should be doing with that. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just and, and I did, and he was bareback. So um, you'll see in my pictures, um, they have options. Uh, right. So we, um, there are certain protocol that you need to follow, um, but there are the pictures I'm going to show you are some students that are either um, a few of them are on saddle because you know we have requirements. But there's right. with my son, I did everything with him on bareback because it was something about or put a blanket on the horse where you, you can actually feel the movements more so through the horse as opposed right. to the yeah. um, uh, it, you know, it releases some of that. So, so it makes right. the ride more gentle, which really that's not what we're going for with hypotherapy. We're going for more of the, we want that emulation of movement. Okay. And so you'll see, um, I'll, some of my students I'll put um, on the, it was interesting in your blog post, I think you said this and I was like, oh my goodness, I've had people say this to me. Uh, the students will turn around backwards. Yes, yes. That's what's Cammy wrote that blog. Yes. He uh-huh. had a vendor come out and he said to my husband, why is that kid on the horse riding backwards? <laughs> 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 oh, he <laughs> he said, yeah, it's because she's doing hypothetical. <laughs> and I, I think I have a picture up here for you to see that here in a moment. Okay. But but it does. Riding backwards. Uh, what are you doing to the child? Well, you're making them, they can't see where they're going. They are having to use the core. Oh, yeah. They are having to sit up. They're having to concentrate. They're having to use that brain and um, I haven't grabbed the horse's tail because that tail, you know, they, that horse is, is a giant compared to the child. So you're, that child right. is not going to hurt the horse. I've heard students say, um, I don't want to hurt the horse. You're not going to hurt the horse. Right. So um, he's a giant. So, um, but they, they will emulate that. And then that helps build their confidence when they turn around front ways. Oh, okay. To, and then they're they're instantly already their confidence is already boosted at that point. Um, it depends on the child. That step doesn't usually happen until a few sessions into the okay. training for the student. Um, but yeah. we can start ages. I've had questions like, "What age do you?" Right. Start? Yes, that um, that is a very good question. Personally, 
um, it's recommended that you start working with children at least three years of age. So if they're under that three, would make sense. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, but there's, you know, there's, it's not set in stone, but it's just a recommendation. Um, and of course, every child is different. Um, so um, there are a hundred articles, over a hundred articles that are peer reviewed um, because, okay. well, now what evidence is available? Evidence-based, this is evidence-basing. It is. Right. Um, there are more than a hundred articles um, that are but it's new too, right? It's and new. so it's just emerging, and there's probably you know so much more yet mm-hmm. to discover, right? Absolutely, yeah, so much more to discover. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that's um, those are good questions. I'm glad you asked me that because I I hadn't really thought about that. Like I knew that I had started yeah. it like a couple years ago, but I didn't think, oh, what. What What was the catalyst? Yeah. A lot of times that, that gets you back to, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that God moment that, that started that. I know people ask me because I, I opened an aerial studio and I teach, I teach aerial silks now to students um, in my, my free time, which I wonder was that. Um, (laughs) But people ask me, you know, how did that start? And I was like, Yeah, well, it was somebody sitting down next to me and saying, would you teach? <laughs> like, oh, I hadn't thought about that one before. But, yeah, and um, you're so good at it. It's so nice to share your gifts with others. It is, and I, I feel the same way, you know, as you talk about with your students. I see, you know, these students that, that don't aren't comfortable even being upside down, and all of a sudden it's like on my first lesson, I'm like, okay, we're going upside down, and how does that feel? And, um, yeah. you know, you just kind of flip, you do literally flip their world upside down. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. they gain so much confidence and it's, yeah. it's just amazing. Um, and so I know that feeling, but, but knowing that God is in it, um, yeah. it's just, um, it just makes it all, all the more sweet. And it does. Um, yeah. And you're doing what you love. And so by exactly. you doing what you love and sharing that with them, they can sense that they can tell you love this and you want them to love yes. it. And so exactly. you just are investing that. And yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. 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 When you're passionate about something and yeah, you're everybody around you knows it and it it becomes joyful. It's not like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. we're, we're, I'm doing my job as a therapist and you are, (laughs) you're my student and we're going to get through this, you know, hour. No, it's like, let's just share this joy um, and, and see, you know, just how it can improve both of us at the same time. And that, that is, um, that's priceless be able to to share that and and it doesn't even seem like work (laughs) that's right that's right Peggy yes yeah exactly that's how I feel too so I love that you're doing that yes yeah it just feeds my soul as I I'm getting the feeling that this this does the same for you it does it's that's amazing um so you've been talking about um, academic language therapy, primitive yep. reflex integration, and brain balance. Mm-hmm. Can you like dive into specifics mm-hmm. of like, um, you know, for like parents who say, well, my child, you know, has these, you know, integration issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what are, you know, what is behind it? Or, you know, what, I guess, just share some things that, that are related to, to those, those categories. Um, mm-hmm. And and just how hippotherapy is um, is so effective? Yeah, sure. So your brain has two hemispheres: the right and the left. Okay. The right hemisphere is the side of the brain that um, is response. So you'll comprehension is actually found on the right side of the brain, and 
language is on the left side of the brain. And so not that they don't cross over and that's not like an altogether deal breaker. But what Mm -hmm. happens is um, students who struggle with reading, reading is not natural. Okay. We know that reading is just not natural. We know that uh, 95% of our kids are going to need something that is very systematic, that is very explicit instruction. It's very structured. And uh, we know that we read words letter by letter. Now, you and I are readers. And so we intake the word, actually. We're so familiar with words that it seems like we just know them by sight, but we don't. We We have interacted with words so much in our life that we have become good readers. But we didn't just become good readers. We have to have experiences. We, we know that our brain takes those words in letter by letter. So one thing that I had to relearn is for my students, for my own kids, and I, and I taught this in college, um, that, that we have to teach our kids to actually learn how to break the code. We are code breakers. Yes. How do we do that? So, um, I've used this before. Um, this is called Scarborough's rope and it was, um, she basically, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a metaphor basically of what you're, what this looks like as a reader. So you have strands of rope that are frayed and those frays encompass like language and comprehension and fluency and all the components of reading vocabulary and so on and so forth. Awareness. Um, and they're all frayed. Well, whenever proper connections are made, weaving of those strands of rope come together. Yes. And a tightly woven rope yields a confident, fluent, comprehensive reader. Right. And there you have, to have all those components. Yes. Yes. And there are things that we can do in order to help them weave those strands together. And part of that would be hypotherapy. Okay. Yeah. So, yes, I do use, I actually use the Texas Scottish Rite Hospital Take Flight Program for my learners seven and up. And then I use the BUILD program for kindergarten and first graders. And okay. it is, it's like the golden egg. Um, it is, it's, it's just... Um, hands down the best I've seen. Now there might be people that argue and that's okay. But for me personally, <laughs> uh-huh. is, I, is, it's just the best that I've seen. And the, the results are amazing. Um, okay. I'll have teachers that will continually come and say, oh, we're doing parts of this. We're doing parts of this, but we're missing this. We're missing this piece. We're missing this piece. And Got so it. I meet with my students an hour a day and I take them through the entire program. Um, by the time they hit, there are seven books in all. By the time they hit book three, they are reading um, with more prosody than what they had been in the past. And you can see their confidence building and you can also already see um, gains of improvement. Um, so the hypotherapy, mm-hmm. is we, since we know that we have the brain is very powerful, your brain is a muscle. Um, we right. know that the more neurons that fire together, the more neurons wire together, right? right. So whenever, of course, whenever we're doing hypotherapy with the student based on what the student needs, what are we doing? We are building healthy neurons. We are Got it. 
the rope strands together. When the child is on the horse and the child is taking the ball and throwing it to the other side, we are building healthy neurons. When the child's on the horse and the child is reading a sentence um, and goes down the arena and finishes the sentence, the child is building healthy neurons. We are integrating, we're keeping our core strong, we're working on our vision, we're working on our tactile. Our vestibular, our proprioception, our senses, all of that, all of that coming together. And so the more senses that we have that are working together, the healthier our neurons will become. Okay. So you're just not compartmentalizing it. And because I, it's the education has become so much of that. It's like, okay, we're going to do this here and this here. And, and I, and it seems like from what you're talking about that, that hurts the whole learning system and how we were wired to learn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We just don't all fit in these boxes, these pretty little boxes. Uh huh. But we all have these strengths that we just need to figure out how to access. Um, right. And I can tell you my inbox and my, my caseloads are full right now with kids who need help and with parents who are reaching out like, please help my child. Um, this is happening. Um, I think they're dyslexic. I think, um, you know, we're, we're in fifth grade and we're behind in reading. Uh, one of my students was held back right. a year and um, the student is already going to get to join uh, the class for next school year. So already making A's and B's. And um, of course awesome. the, the classroom setting, the, the, the uh, it's a Christian school. So they're very, very understanding of what the child needs. So it's not like that the students put in a box anyway, right. um, but I think just giving those students those opportunities and being willing to learn, being willing to learn yeah. more. I'm always learning. Um, there's something I'll learn today, this afternoon, um, just digging in and, and just keep going. Right. Yeah. And I just want to encourage parents, you know, they're what Rebecca's talking about. And I've talked to other educators and people that, you know, have um, that interact with our business. And so many of them have such full caseloads because there is just so much need out there. So don't feel like you are alone, that your child is the only one who struggles. No, this is, this is across the board. There are so many kids that need help because, because we've set up our learning systems to help, I mean, they really aren't integrated mm-hmm. and it makes it very difficult on them that, that don't learn in those compartmentalized box systems. And so, um, so don't give up and keep looking for something that, um, you know, whether it's through Dr. Rebecca or somebody else near you, if you want to do that equine therapy and you don't live near her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, there's, there's and they can so schedule a visit anytime there. they're in yes, the area. So just absolutely. let me know. Summer trip. <laughs> Summer trip. Come to the ranch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's awesome. And, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. So encouraging that, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you have students of all ages and you've yes. seen success mm-hmm. wherever they have started. And I, I can mm-hmm. you address that just a little bit because so, parents, because I know I didn't catch my middle son's um, auditory processing issues and dyslexia until he was 16. And I felt like mm-hmm. a failure um, yes. because that's where we started. Yes. Um, but but can you address, you know, at, at any age? There's absolutely, program. absolutely. This program is for ages. Uh, the actually uh, language program that I use is for ages seven to one hundred years old. Ah, awesome! <laughs> absolutely. So it's not too late. It is not too late. Don't feel like a failure. You know, right. I did that too, but um, it's not too late. Um, yeah. 
So. I have pictures too, Peggy, if you want to oh, see. Oh, yes. Let's, um, let's do those okay. and then I'll okay. have people connect with your resources. Okay. Oh, and if you're listening on the podcast, just know you can go to the YouTube channel to see these, these pictures. Um, and well, that um, link will be in the podcast description. So why don't you explain what we're looking at here? Okay, so this is one of my students, and notice she has her shoes on right now. This was her first day um, standing. No, this was not her first day. (laughs) She's been been with me for several months, but this was her first day when she actually got to stand on the horse. Notice her arms are out and she's focusing. So she's actually working on her balance um, in this picture, and then eventually she'll take her shoes off um, where she actually feels the horse. Notice this student is... Uh, working on proprioception. Uh, He's a little bit more advanced in the program. His shoes and socks are off so he can feel the horse. And um, he is now standing on one foot and focusing. That's a big accomplishment when they can uh, do that. Here is a picture of a student that is riding backwards. This is, uh, I told you in the podcast about how they ride backwards and emulate the movement. Uh, working on the uh, core strength here. Um, here is a picture of the same student. Um, I get to a point where I want them to get comfortable on the horse. Uh, they are comfortable on the horse and I want them to move around. So I have a path or it depends okay. if it's on the path or if it depends on the day. Um, but I will walk around. They know where that is. And they have that many minutes to just move around on the horse, as many positions as which is what they can. Okay. And then here is a picture of the student is actually uh, barefoot on the horse. And he had graduated up to standing barefoot um, and one leg um, on the horse and one foot up and one foot down. And then of course, this is just a, uh, they love the horse, so they just yeah. get to where they think that's their horse, and, and uh, <laughs> they just cherish it. And you can see we have other horses in the background, but um, but yeah, so that's some of our students. Cool. And, uh, we have several others, um, but this is a uh, um, kind of what it looks like, Peggy. Right? Yeah, that's so cool. Yes. So. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And yeah. Um, and yeah, so can you talk, because we're just mm-hmm. wrapping up, um, yeah. just about what people can find on your website. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. um, cherishchildrenministries.org. Absolutely. So um, there's lots of different things you can find over on the website. Um, you can find uh, some programs that you can just Look and see what primitive reflexes are. There's a free mini video series. You can check that out. There are some free resources. Um, We also have a page that has our services. And so you can see what our services are. And of course, those are hippotherapy. And then we do the Cherish Learner Takes Flight, which is where I take the students through the Take Flight program. Right. And uh, that's a two-year commitment. Um, and there is a wait list for that. So if your listeners want to get enrolled uh, or get onto the wait list, they need to let me know as soon as possible. I take cohorts starting every August. Okay. Um, so it starts in August, uh, latter part of August. And um, I take the students through the 
program. Um, the cohort maxes at six per cohort. Okay. So those are parents already signing up for those starting next for next August. So if you're wow. interested, get, get on the wait list for that. And then also um, I do trainings. So if um, like um, I'm doing uh, dyslexia for a day here in a couple of weeks, uh, virtually okay. So that parents, grandparents, community members, teachers, whoever want to know what it feels like to be dyslexic, they can join the workshop and uh, participate. It's just a fun little workshop. It's uh, just a few hours. Yeah, but it creates that understanding. That's so important. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you don't know until you walk in their shoes. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in a nutshell, that is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for all that you do. Um, you've yeah. so many families. As I mean, shared some of the stories here and um, and just um, sharing and um, your knowledge and wisdom. And um, it's it's been a blessing just to hear you talk about what you're doing um, in addition to other things that you've talked about on this show. So um, so thank you for sharing and for reaching out to me and saying I want to talk about this. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I love talking about it. It was just kind of fun to see that come across my email. So thank you for letting me talk about hippotherapy. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And the the email that Rebecca is talking about is our newsletter. Um, We promise we don't bombard you with tons of stuff, but we just, we share like blogs that are kind of at the top of, of our our theme for the month or just some deals that some of our partners have have shared with us that maybe you want to take advantage of you don't have to but um but that our promise we don't um give you too many emails but um if you want to be on that newsletter you can visit our website and subscribe to that and that'll kind of get you in on um reminders about what the broadcast is coming up and and so many other things that we have going on um we have a family camp that's coming in in uh in August again, um, it'll be in Stewartville, Minnesota, so just south of the Mayo Clinic, and um, we invite you to come as a family to that camp, um, and there's just so many other things we have going on, so um, you want to take part in all of that, um, and and definitely check out Rebecca's um, website at cherishchildrenministries.org and see all that she has to, um, to offer you, just kind of the, the the things that she just talked about, and also our website at spedhomeschool.com. We have a variety of different things that can help you to, to better homeschool your student with diverse learning needs. And um, this broadcast was um, sponsored by viewers like you. If you want to make a tax-deductible no- donation to support our nonprofit work, you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com slash donate. And we appreciate anything that um, you have that you'd like to, to partner with us and um, share, whether it's your time or your talents um, or a monetary donation. So, um, yeah. So, next, this is the end of this this theme. And actually, next month or this month now, we're in February. Um, Rebecca had said that she has uh, a child who has hard of hearing, and we were, were focusing on um, students who have um, either are hearing impaired or deaf. Um, 
for our last two broadcasts. And next week, my guest is actually a mom who has a disability, a physical disability herself. So we're going to focus on some of those those really hard places that we homeschool through. And so um, so next week's um, broadcast theme is about how to, um, to just persevere through um, hard homeschooling seasons. And we hope that you will join us for that discussion next week. So, um, so we'll be back for that. But thank you all for joining us. And um, whether you're live or on the um, recorded sessions, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again, Dr. Rebecca. It's always a pleasure having you on. And, um, and we'll see the rest of you next week. Bye, everybody. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.